1: Just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Well, welcome, friends, to another edition of On the Rails with me, Forrest Whitman, right here at KHEN 106.9 on your FM dial. And if you're listening, uh, as many do, if you're listening, as many do in other ways, you may not realize that we're broadcasting from the Cahen caboose, and the caboose is a really nice place to eat. We know we've got the coal kind of, kind of burning away there in the stove. Uh, we've got the kind of a chilly morning, so the the cupola on the caboose is a little bit of a little bit of frost clinging there on, on, on the cupola, and um, but up ahead of us. We hope the track is clear and beautiful with nothing but high green, because our engineer, there he is, Rick White, we hear from him, our engineer.
2: Thank you, Forrest. Uh, It looks like clear sailing up here. And I want to and have been uh, encouraging our listeners, if you have a a railroad story you'd like to share with Forrest, we're very interested in hearing about them. And you can send your uh, request to or the story, however you want to do it, send it to info at khen.org, And we will make sure that you get a chance. Uh, we'll consider you for a show. We welcome you. Thank you, Forrest.
1: You're welcome. And I want to introduce all of you to Dave Moore. Dave Moore is a, is sitting here in the caboose across from me. He's yeah, he's he's aware of the slack action. So he's he's got his feet up so he doesn't get knocked out of his chair when the when the slack comes rolling back to the back of the caboose here. He's been active in everything we can think of, particularly Rotary Club, but many other organizations as well. And, and he is just kind of a community leader known for that. But recently he's also known as a railroad traveler. So welcome, Dave, uh, are, are you smiling? Are you, having, oh, are you having your sandwich?
0: I got a big smile on my face, yep. <laughs> Food's good on this train.
1: All right. That's good. That is good. Well, well, Dave, now, how many Rotary Clubs have you been president of uh, over the years? I think four or five. Four or five, yeah. And it's a, it's a big job. And it, it tries to do some, some interesting things. Uh, it all as it always says, for the things we do and say, as we talk to each other, we say, is it the truth? And uh, will it be fair to all concerned? And will it build goodwill and better friendships? And you know, those are that's so important right now in Colorado. Seems like we've been very hard hit lately with mass shootings. I can think of half a dozen just off, off the top of my head. And um, but uh, we have a lot of fun in these these interviews. And but that that that's the bigger question that's lurking. For really, I think for the whole country right now is how are we going to figure out ways really to talk to each other, to get along with each other? And I do think train travel is part one small bit of an answer to that, because uh, people who come back from train trips sometimes feel they've uh, had a a chance to talk to somebody new to them, uh, somebody from a different social strata than than theirs. Dave, how how much do you feel we we've accomplished with that? Are we moving in that direction? What can we do?
0: What's that? Just getting exposed to other people. You know what I mean, well, it's a, if we had an answer to it, uh, we'd be doing it. I don't uh, don't know if there is a single way to address that issue for us. It's a complex one.
1: It's a complex issue. It is. When you got on the train, did you have a a different feeling about the human beings who were getting on the train with you or, uh, or not? Or was it just, oh, well, there they are, we're all getting on a train, I, I don't know.
0: Well, it was kind of interesting because since I was a kid out of college, I, way back when there was a, an airline strike, I think back in 1966 or 67. And uh, I was working for IBM at the time and I had to go to New York. And so I uh, had my first train ride and it was an overnighter. And since then, and if you count the years, it's been more than two. It's been a long, 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 long time since I've been on a train. And my wife uh, suggested that we hop on a train and go to California, get off in Truckee, California, and visit our visit our friends and son and his wife. Our kids just bought a, a winter cottage up there at uh, Serene Lakes, uh, just outside of Truckee. And so we. Uh, over the uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, I had my second train ride. I put it that way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it brought brought back a few memories, and it created a whole lot more. But I, I'll tell you, it was it was a great experience. Something I I guess uh, Janet and I thought about for a long time and found a good reason to go do it. And I was I was really impressed overall with the way with the logistics of the trip. Meeting people was was one thing. I, I think the the memories that I maintained is not so much the other passengers as it was the people that were working on that train. The uh, the assistants, the porters, uh, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know their names, of course, or titles. But the thing that, that stays with me is as we got to meet them, they were, they were all just, the the greatest nicest people, they love their jobs. They absolutely love their jobs, and that was that was really clear and evident in the time that they spent with us, and the answers to our questions, and their knowledge of the of the train and the trip. The least tenured of all the employees of the rail line had been on the job for seventeen years.
1: Seventeen <laughs> years. Oh, that and was so. Weird. So you had a crew on yeah uh, on the Zephyr that uh, you had the original Zephyr crew, I guess
0: I don't know, but I mean, every one of them was just just happy. they're they were just happy people.
2: yeah, and
0: you know I got to thinking about how many times you know I, I I flew internationally for a living. I was on an airplane almost every week, and you know, aside from one flight attendant or another, they didn't have a lot of smiles on their faces. They were doing a job, but it was, it it didn't feel warm and friendly and fuzzy. And the whole thing about the rail experience that I was amazed with is right from the, I don't know, do you call him a station master? The guy that takes care of the train station. Uh, When we got on in Glenwood Springs, I, I was absolutely amazed at this guy. We were trying to, trying to park the car, so Janet was waiting, waiting out in front. I went in to check in, and there was a guy, and he had one of those funny hats on, you know, <laughs> and he was in uniform, and he was sitting behind a desk, and I said, we're on the, uh, my wife and I are on the train to Truckee, and he looked at me and looked down at his desk and looked up, and he said, so you're, you're Dave Moore and your wife, Janet Franz, right? You're going to Truckee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got gotcha, you all taken care of. Uh, I mean, he knew my name, I didn't I didn't introduce myself. He just knew by the fact that I was on the train going to Truckee that I had to be and it was my wife and I that I had to be Dave Moore and my wife was Jennifer Franz and I the holy smokes. That's attention to detail. Detail, I've never seen that. You know, I just not seen it. And he was just so nice. Checked in with him, gave him my luggage, he put in a in a safe place, and we went out and parked the car and came back. And that station was clean as a whistle. It—I uh, don't know how old that station is in Glenwood, but it is. Uh, it, it's a beautiful piece of architecture, and there were very few people in it. And it was just clean as a whistle. The bathrooms were clean, everything. And, and I thought, boy, what a neat way to travel. I mean, they really care about the the facility. And he told us where to wait and when they get on and all that stuff it was just really cool so the my just first impression I had of that whole new environment that we were getting into was a very positive
1: impression
2: that's nice I you know Forrest I've had that and Dave I've had the same thing happen to me uh, in a train transfer and somehow I kind of came up to the train a little bit late and they said are you Rick White? <laughs> you know they they knew they knew, they knew. more guy.
1: They, they'd heard you know. about you. That that really does make all the difference. And you know, getting back to this sort of theme that I have of how do we bring humanness back into being humans? And right there, you've you've got the example that somebody's somebody's reaching out to you, and and there's no need. I mean they they could have just easily have just said. Oh okay you're number 31 coach 17 uh have a good trip bye you know no they 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 want it. now uh as you also probably figured out you had to do some walking i would think because that's a that's a that's a long train that's that's the zephyr that's um oh i don't know 20 cars probably most most days well
0: oddly enough i have no idea
1: <laughs> oh okay that's-
0: All I saw was the engine coming down the track, and actually, I I took a little movie on my phone of it, so I didn't see past the first three or four cars, and I think the way the train was laid out, you know, once you're in the train, you sort of lose your perspective, but the way it was laid out, we only walked four cars, and I think it was backwards to the uh, dining car. You had to go through the dining car to get to the observation car and then beyond that were the the people that did not have the sleepers i think they must have had just regular seats i'm not sure we didn't see that part of the train we only saw the part of the train that had the the sleeper that we were in and then the the roomette i guess you call them that i don't know what else it's called and then the uh, the dining train so we only saw four kinds of cars if you will on the train and, of course, the one we got intimately associated with was our uh, our little part of heaven, which was <laughs> the two seats that made into beds. And
1: that's, that's really sweet. So you and Janet were just in a little kind of a roomette
2: there.
0: Well, I, I don't know if it was called a roomette, but it just had two facing seats.
2: I and, heard, uh, I've heard Forrest call them a broom closet before.
1: Well, yeah, they did. <laughs> They're they're pretty small. Yeah.
0: Well, we we found that out.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bet you did. You know, I was I was
0: prepared prepared <laughs> for something along those lines. Not so much during the daytime. You know, it was uh it was actually like an ongoing cinema. You know, when you're sitting in that chair, you're facing each other, you both have a different perspective on the geography that you're experiencing and and the, the the train and what it's doing and giving the blasts at every cross, every road that crosses the track, it, it has a certain, I guess, combination of, of horn blasts that it gives and sort of wakes you up. If you're reading, you look out to see, you know, what are we going past? And we actually read, we Googled while we were there, what are the horn blasts, what horn blasts, what's the pattern? What's the language that that train operator, the engineer is actually, you know what? What signal is he giving to all the people outside? And what what Google said was it's a long as a short short or something like that. Every time you come to a crossing, well, on both the trip out and the trip back, it seemed to me that the engineer was taking liberty because oh, <laughs> he,
1: those engineers he was necessarily do no. he was not
0: necessarily keeping to the uh, the pattern of horn blasts at those crossings that
2: uh, we In- thought he
0: should have been according to Google.
2: Forrest, you probably know this. Is that uh, done by an engineer like myself or is that? Oh, yeah. Just
1: like you. Yeah. It, no, there, it's it, not automatic. It, oh, it's not at all automatic. And your hand on that device uh-huh. makes makes a big difference, too. But some of the funny stories about the funniest ones, the Texas Longhorns football team, you know, were were rather despised by some of the other teams because they were so good and one all the all the time there was this one engineer and they they still couldn't figure out what what he was doing he st- he opened that whistle up the day they hit the city line and he left it on <laughs> all the way through this this the city so all all the way through that little texas town or a good sized texas town really All anybody heard was, and he just kept it on the whole time through there. And so the the roadmaster called him in and says, look, uh, we've had a few complaints about about the Amtrak coming through here and that the the Amtrak passenger train just raises hell. It's just constantly, constantly sounding. It's What's going on with sounding that horn? He says, oh, well, uh, I don't like them. So I figured I'll just give him the long horn. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently that really did happen. And so anyway,
0: well. Well, you bring, you bring up another, another thought that, you know, still stays with me on the trip. And that is overall, you see when you're riding on the train, you see a part of America that you don't see when you're driving down an interstate. It's a different part of every, every town. And it's not always pretty, but it shows the cross section of life and how people do live in that community. Like I say, it's not, it's not always something you see that's pretty, but you see you see a cross section of America for sure. And that is, that's a unique experience.
2: It is. And I've noticed this before. Um, I've taken the train to Chicago a lot of times in my life. The way that it enters into the town, you see a a different side. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's a very, very good observation because you are seeing a different side. Not so much different from older highways that used to follow uh, follow the railroad tracks, but way different than the interstates. It, very nice to have you as a guest uh, with having just taken your second rail trip because we are always, tra- one of our, uh, I would say, goals that we have is to get people of all ages, young to old, if you haven't been on train, get out there and do it because it's different. It's a different mode of travel and it's good. And uh,
1: Yeah, good. it is. It is different. I am your conductor here, so I'm going to going to try to get back to this my theme for the day which is how do we humans interact more with each other and if we took more trains more of the time would that help us to be more human and 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 uh, avoid some of the conflicts that seem to be everywhere you know i don't know with social media being so strong can we maybe set up some websites or something that would that would uh humanize us a, l- a little bit
0: well I, th- I think you're i think you're probably approaching something that along those lines and i think something that we see as a cross section of our life we all have you know the way the way we live the, the houses we live in we live in the mountains and you know the, the what we see in the mountain the people we meet here uh, in our village we you know we have a lot of visitors and that's a that's a nice way to get see a cross section of people too on the train, the staff of the train on the way out to Truckee, was, uh, the whole crew was black, which was a great experience. It was, it was a great experience because, number one, you don't get a chance to talk to a, a group that's ethnically homogamous, if you will, in any environment. And I, and I imagine it would be the same way if we went to the Ukraine right now where we would we would be exposed to a to an environment of of people that we don't know anything about their backgrounds we don't know anything about their history the way they live where they've come from what they come through and th- and these going out like i say it was a it was a completely black crew and they're all just the greatest neatest people in the world and obviously i mentioned before they love their jobs is evidenced by the fact that i asked the lady that waited on us uh, for dinner that night What I asked everybody was, How long have you been doing this? And she said, 34 years. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. 34 years. Our our porter on the way out was 17 years. And he was, he looked really young. He was a really young looking fella and had a great twinkle in his eye. And she was just great too, as a hostess. She was incredible too. And then on the way back, the crew was all white. And there again was a different perspective, and they worked differently. The interaction was different between us and them, but they were, they also were highly tenured in that job. Most of them in there had been on the job for tens of years, most of them 20 and 30 years. So that says something about, uh, I think, about uh, the way they approach their job and the way they approach the, the people they interact with. And, you know, the people, you're talking about people, what can we do? I think the exposure to those kinds of people, not just the staff, but at night we had a chance to sit across the table from people we didn't know and had never met before. And you know we spent an hour getting to know them while we had dinner. And that's something else you don't find. You find on a train, but when was the last time you went into a restaurant and sat at a table with total strangers. You know, you don't do it. When we traveled in Europe, of course, it's pretty common to sit at a table with other people you don't know because the restaurants are small and the chairs are, you know, needed. You're, you're
1: expected to share. Yeah.
0: yeah. And yeah, that, that's just a neat, a neat experience. But, uh, again, the train puts you in that env- environment where you are exposed to people of different cultures, different ethnic backgrounds. So, yeah, I, th- I think I think you, you're, you're on to something for us that what can we do Well, understanding people and being patient with their life is uh, with the way they live is something we, we, we need to learn, not just when we're young, but we need to stick with it all our lives and appreciate that. We're all we're all walking different paths on the earth, but we're still we're still the same humans.
1: That's a big order. And it just, it just seems to me that maybe that may be one way to make our civilization better is to spend, and, and by the way, we need, in the second half of we here, which we will do another half, we'll spend some time actually finding out more about the, the physical train and the, this landscape. And we, I mean, we'll, we'll get to all that, but, but just more important, I think, is sticking with the, the way the humans interact with each other here. Yeah, and I think you see some things happen with train travel. Well, my favorite story, of course, the, the little kid in, who went down and got so excited looking looking as he was walking around inside the train, and it pulled out, and there was this little kid, I don't know, six years old, seven years old, riding off into the sunset with his mother screaming, running along beside the train. It was gone. And so the when they finally... Stopped. I think they stopped in eastern Colorado somewhere. I don't know where, but by that point, why the kid didn't want to get off? He'd made he had he had made friends with with that whole train crew. They they were his buddies. Mom was less than thrilled, having had to uh, get get some friends to drive there. I don't I don't know that she, well. Anyway, I don't know the whole story, but probably wouldn't happen that way in an airport. which is not to knock airports, but but well, yeah, maybe in a way it is to knock not airports because they're so lawsuit adverse right now. They have to be so careful that somebody will 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 sue them. And they have to be really careful too about what what they say about not being sexist or racist in anything that they say. Whereas someone on the train that's that's more a real person standing there talking to you. And if they did say something like that. I don't, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be surprised if you said, Hey, what was that thing you just said? Well, you know, they're not, I I think so. I don't think they're going to complain to Amtrak. I think they're going to say, Hey, you're right there on the spot. You're going to have that interchange. I think, what do you guys think about that?
2: Well, are you talking about like a, um, an airport stewardess or steward or airplane stewardess or steward um that they have to be very careful in the language that they use
1: oh yes
2: that's what yes. we're talking about
1: yeah okay well, and we all do we all do i'm not singling them out but i'm just saying i think it's less likely or more likely sitting there in the dining car with these people you're getting to know who by the way where were they from, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But I think it's more likely that somebody in your group would say, "Hey, what was that term you just used? That we don't say that anymore. That's sexist these days." You know, somebody in that table would probably raise an objection. And so I think you've got a a more humane way to uh, change that that ambiance there. Oh my goodness, this we're having a really nice time interviewing Dave Moore today, who is mainly just talking about a trip that he and his wife, Janet, just took from uh, uh, Glenwood Springs, Colorado, to Truckee, Nevada. Is it still in Nevada or is that California? California. California. And about what they felt in terms of interactions with the humans there. Well, we were having a good time sitting here in the KN caboose. I'm hoping uh, to uh, mention this to people at, at um uh, if they that, that they would might enjoy really this interview I think thinking about that bigger question of because phew we've had so much tragedy so many really negative human interactions thinking of ways to to, to to foster the positive and we're almost out of time for this segment we've got another segment coming whoop we've I see the signal from our engineer Mr Rick White up in the engine and we're back here with our guests. Uh, David Moore and I'm Forrest Whitney, your host. And at the count of three, we're all going to give a highball for you non-railroaders. Highball just means we're done. We're out of here. We've 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 done everything we can in that little town. We're going down. So let's I'll count back and we'll do a highball. Uh four, three, two, one, high ball, Highball. 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 highball.